0: Thank <laughs>
1: Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire, a special edition of Faith on Fire. As We're coming to you on Christmas Day. This is Pastor Richard Joy, Jr. from the Community Church of God.
0: And I am Pastor Ventaney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, we just declare that Jesus is the reason for the season. We thank you, Jesus, for being born into the earth. We thank you for redeeming, reconciling, and restoring us back to the Father. It's in your name we pray and give thanks on this Christmas Day.
1: You know, and, and it's great, too, because when you look at it, the angel comes, we're looking at Luke chapter 2, verse 10, and the shepherds were out in the field, and the angel comes to them, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, he is Christ the Lord, and that's what Christmas is, that's that's what today is all about. I know the world has tried to convince people that today is all about all the presents that you could get under that tree or all the presents you could give to other people under that tree, or the tree itself, or Santa, or Rudolph, or a family coming over, or that ham, or turkey, or whatever it is that you eat on Christmas Day. That's what Christmas is about. No, Christmas is about, for unto us today, a Savior is born. And so we celebrate on Christmas Day that Jesus Christ is born. He is alive.
0: And again, that's the best gift you can give someone is an invitation to, to freedom, an invitation to abundant life, which is only found in Christ Jesus, which is only found in the the one and only true God, so again, us as christians it's our we're required and commanded to to tell our children the truth, you know that Jesus is the reason for the season, and it was about giving gifts to him when he was birthed into the earth, and again that's why we give gifts to one another, but we still have to acknowledge you know, God, during this Christmas season or this day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus.
1: You know, one of the, somebody last week asked me, um, did you have any special traditions around your house? And I said, you know, before we opened any Christmas presents, from when our daughters were as little as I can remember, before they could open any presents or we opened any presents, we would all gather around in a circle and we'd all pray individually, each of us out loud, about what we were happy or thankful for. And that's usually what it ended up being, what we were thankful for over the course of the year and thanking God for his love and his mercy and all those things and then praying for the next year. And all that happened before we ever opened a present. And I was telling them, you know, when I was a kid, I probably would have rebelled at that. Man, it's about digging in. We got to get presents. But my daughters, you know, because from as early as they can probably remember, that's just the way we did Christmas. Because it wasn't about those presents under the tree and getting them open and seeing what it was. It was about Jesus. And that's what Christmas is about. And that's that's the message that we need to get out into the world. You know, you you see these people arguing and fighting over stuff on Black Friday a month ago. Um, they had 10 of them at the store, so everybody had to get in and push and shove and, and you know, do all their stuff and camp out the night before and all those things. And I guess all those things are... You know, camping out might be fun, but it's about Jesus. The The important thing about Christmas is Jesus Christ. It's not Santa. It's not Rudolph. It's not any of those things. It's about the birth of Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Amen. And we have to always remember that. Again, Jesus is the reason for the season.
1: I tell people all the time, you know, here's the, the shepherds out in the field. The angels come to these shepherds. And why did he not go to Herod? Why did he not go to a nobleman? Why did he not go to the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the teachers of the law or the scribes? He went to to shepherds. And there's a couple of reasons, I guess, that come right to the top of my head. And number one being that the picture of Jesus that I like the best and how he's most described, and I think the early or the earthly occupation that best describes Jesus is a shepherd. You know, last week we had talked about The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, in Psalm 23. We see the occupation of a shepherd is probably what most closely describes the work of Jesus and his relationship to us. He watches over us, he protects us, he leads us, he guides us, he is always there for us. And that's what a shepherd did. And so one of the reasons why I think that the angels came to shepherds is just for that. Then who were they? They were just everyday people doing what they had been called to do. That's who God uses. Sometimes we think you got to be like Superman or you got to be a super Christian or you got to be without sin or you got to be perfect or God can't use you. God uses regular everyday people in ministry every day.
0: Yeah, and I, and I also I agree with you. I believe God intentionally revealed himself to what would be, you know, somebody of low stature in the, on the earth, in the community, to reveal itself to first. And, and we understand the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And again, God loves people. And we have to just know that, that he loves people. And as we celebrate this Christmas day, we should demonstrate that same love and let people know, especially us who are mature, we have to always demonstrate the love of God and, and and just reach out to people. Reach out to people that you—and again, the Scripture says, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus reached out to everybody. There was nobody that he didn't want to reach out and relate to.
1: And it was people that other people looked at and said, right. man, don't you know who they and are? See, don't you and, know
0: that's that's what how they we, do? That's how we can be as Christians. We—, we you know, we've been in the church so long, we'll start snubbing our nose, looking down on other people. And you know what? The Pharisees and the scribes did that, and Jesus didn't have any good things to say about them. He called them hypocrites. And we're not to be like that. We're to, to show the love of Christ. God birthed himself into the earth through Jesus to give himself. To seek, and he said he came to seek and save those who are lost, and and, and not to condemn, but to save. And Again, that's the story we need to be telling. That's the truth that we need to be telling to our children and, and our grandchildren and just advancing that knowledge because that's what the world needs to know. Well, God loves everybody.
1: At, when you look at who the people, as Jesus dealt with them, the people that he was the hardest on were those good church people that thought they were right. right. Man, I, we got it all. We, we're righteous. We're good. And look at those sinners over there. Those are the people that he was actually the toughest on. It was the sinners that he came for to help, which is all of us. It, it was those people are the ones that he had mercy and grace toward. It wasn't the people who thought they were all this and and had no problems. Those are the people. And that's a
0: that's problem. a lesson for us too to to realize not that the Bible says God resists the proud, but he shows grace he to thought, the, hum, so the, the humble. humble. Yeah, and the Bible says. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you. Again, we have to have the mind of Christ and the mind of God. God loves people; He embraces all people. He He, he doesn't have any hate in Him. He's not a racist. He's not a political party. He He's the Bible says actually in First John, God is love. So He's love. If you want to know what love is, draw near to God, and He'll show you. And we know. It, Corinthians 13, it talks about what love is. It's not prideful. doesn't exalt itself. Believes all things. Bears all things. Always
1: protects. That's yeah. one I like.
0: Yeah, that's what love is. So, again, God so love. He did all of Corinthians 13.
1: See, when I, when I tell the dirt <laughs> Ooh, I, on you or anybody else, I'm not acting in love. Not See, at all. <laughs> I, would, I would be protecting you.
0: Not at all. And we got to remember, too, again, I was just, before we left, leave Luke, I was just thinking about when the holy spirit the angel revealed the truth to mary and told her that she was going to have a child again this show is called faith on fire and we still want to ignite your faith on fire and she said well how am i going to have a child seeing that i not don't know a man and the angel said well the holy spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to conceive and she just believed remember this christmas is about believing we we teach kids a lot of Lies, we teach them to believe in Santa Claus. No, we need to be teaching them to believe in Jesus. So, because they, they're believing Santa brought all these toys. Are you
1: serious? I thought that <laughs> no. Rudolph led him.
0: No, Jesus Daundere is the reason. Blitzen no, and all those guys. Well, anyway, Mary just had to believe. She had to believe what the angel of the Lord was revealing to her. And she just said, Okay, well, be it unto me as you have said. Yeah, I
1: like Joseph's response to all this stuff because when. And and you know, I always wonder, because the Bible's not clear on this, at least I, I've never really been clear on, does he just recognize she's gaining a little weight? Does she tell him what she, somehow Joseph realizes something's going on with her and he wasn't the one that did it. Well, no, she and told so, him. But he's ready to put her aside. Ooh. He's going to do it quietly because he loves her, but he knows that baby isn't his. And an angel actually has to come to Joseph and say, hey, it's okay. This is all from God. But I always wonder, you know, as he sees this going on and he realizes that's not my baby. And so because he loves her, he wants to quietly put her aside. But the angel comes to him. And from then on, he now knows the truth. And he's willing to take her into his house. Well, it
0: was like we said last week. It was about believing and just receiving the word of God. That was an example of faith. Mary believed and said, okay, I don't know how this happened, but if you said it happened that way and this was, was going to happen, okay, be it unto me according to what you've said. And then Joseph had to go ahead and believe too.
1: Right, because I mean, that's he had to, a story, isn't it? Right, he had to <laughs>
0: believe that she wasn't messing with somebody else <laughs> right. and believe what the angel said. And obviously he agreed and, and said, okay.
1: We sometimes forget the great faith it took to be Mary and Joseph.
0: Right. Right. And the, the, the whole Bible is about faith. That's why this broadcast is called Faith on Fire. The whole Bible is about faith. You believe in and trust in God, even when it don't make sense.
1: I mean, the virgin's going to have a baby. That makes no sense.
0: That makes no sense. It didn't make no sense to Mary or Joseph, but they said, okay, be it unto me according to your Because I
1: mean, most people, if somebody came to you and said, and you realize they're pregnant, and they said, I'm a virgin. We'd go, oh, okay. oh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: well, well, yeah. Well, with modern technology, we probably would... You know, but back then, they didn't have that technology that we have today. So it was like, who you been with? And they just had to believe, and they believed that the angel of the Lord spoke to them, and they said yes to it, even though it didn't make any type of sense. He said yes, and the angel also told him, go ahead and marry her, just like you intended. And he said, okay, I'm going to do this. And we know later they had more kids, but still— That's faith in action. Faith saying, yes, Lord, I agree. I don't understand it all, but I agree.
1: Now, we were talking before the broadcast started about the wise men, you know, the magi. Mm -hmm. And almost all Christmas tradition shows them actually in the stable with Mary (laughs) and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And clearly from scripture, they are not there they actually find him later in the house that he is in, in Bethlehem. And so oftentimes people think that Jesus was just like in that stable for like a couple of years, I guess. And um, somebody was telling me, you know, we really have to watch out and take care of the homeless because Jesus was homeless and he was there in that stable. And then they had to flee to Egypt and he was always homeless and we, we have got to take care of the, Do we need to help the homeless? You bet. Do we need to help the widows and orphans? You bet. God has commanded us to do that. But people sometimes forget that God provides, and Jesus, they have to leave. The wise men come. They find him in this home, not on that first night, probably sometime up to a period of two years, because um, Herod kills all the male babies in Bethlehem. He wants to be sure he gets them all up to two years. And so it could have been up to two years that Jesus has to leave and go to Egypt. The family flees because they get word that Herod's after them and they flee to Egypt. But he doesn't go there as a pauper because what happens? The magi come, they find him, and they bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God, in his provision, in his wisdom, knowing they will have to flee to Egypt provides financially for them. Now, I know there are people who listen to this going, what are you talking about? He probably only brought them like a speck of gold. No, God knowing that they would need provision while they were in Egypt, they would need provision to get to Egypt, they would need provision when they were in Egypt, sends the wise men with these gifts. These gifts are not just happenstance. They are not just chance. But they are God's provision for them to get to Egypt and to be able to live there. And it's so important for people to always remember that God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. And he still does it even today. It's not something that just happened in the Bible. It's not just something that happened in the past. But God is still providing for people today according to all his riches and glory. So when you face trials, when you face tribulations, just know that as God knew that they would be going to Egypt and that they would need to have provision and provided it in a way that most people would never think of him providing it, he provided
0: for. Well, that's what Jehovah Jireh means. See, again, you have to constantly be increasing in the knowledge of the Lord's will. That's why the Bible says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to be basically brainwashed <laughs> or renew your mind with the word of God. Because your
1: mind was wrong.
0: Right, right. And Jehovah Jireh means the Lord, my provider. God says, I want to be your provider. Just like you just described how God provided for Joseph and Mary. And, and the child Jesus to go to Egypt. God, God knew that Herod. It was like that was a surprise, going to be a surprise. to Him, He didn't know what Herod was going to do. God's all knowing. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows your end from your beginning. He knows what next year. I always tell people, I don't know what next year looks like for me, but God does. And He's always
1: and get, none of it catches Him by surprise.
0: None. And He's already made provision for that. He's already. He. Who you think put on the wise man's heart to to bring the gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Jesus's house? The Satan didn't. Well, the well, Satan I, didn't put that on there. I their think heart. That
1: the the star was just happenstance. It was just all. No, chance.
0: God put it on their hearts to give, and, and and to send them that way. So God already knows what He's going to do. He knows what our needs are. He just wants us to come to Daddy and acknowledge Him as our source. And again. As your faith starts to develop, you will start relying on God as your source. You won't rely on anything else. You know, we call Jesus our Lord and Savior. Lord means owner. The owner has to take care of the property. If you, anybody out there listening that owns property, you're the one that's responsible for taking care of your property, not the neighbor, <laughs> not the city, not the county. You, because you're the owner, you're the t- on the title. So, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. God owns us now. We're in the kingdom, so we have to see Him as our provider. We have to see Him. That don't mean we just sit at home and don't do nothing. That means we rely on Him to go before us and open up doors that no man can shut. That He will. Scripture says, Deuteronomy eight eighteen, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power or the ability or the creativity to get wealth god's gonna empower you that's what the blessing is. It's the power that overrides the curse that's what the anointing is the burden removing yoke, destroying power of God. You have to rely on God as your total source, and he'll start parting red seeds for you yeah he'll do that he'll he'll feed you with manna he'll give you some some bird when you want. He'll take care of all your needs.
1: well you know so often we forget where our source is. And you talk about the job. I know people, they hate their job. They can't stand their job. They, they almost wish they didn't have their job. <laughs> and we have to see that as a gift from God.
0: Work releases your potential.
1: Well, I mean, all that we have is a gift of God. Every single thing. So that job, don't see that as a burden. Don't see that as something that you don't really want. See that as a gift from God that, the, that God is providing here. There's provision in that job. And that all of your life, everything that you have has come to you as a gift from God. I work hard for the things I have. Maybe you do work hard, but the, the ability to be able to work came from God. If, if it's a manual job, the, the physical ability you have came from God. If it's something that you do with your brain rather than your back, the ability to think and to have the knowledge that you need for that job came from God. No, I went to school. It's still the ability to be able to learn at school came from God. And so all that we have comes to us as the gift of God. And I want to just
0: add this. If your job, use it as a mission field. You're still commanded to go into all the world and make disciples. And the scripture says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your father who's in heaven. You have to have that mindset. Well, well, I don't want to be on this job because I'm the only Christian there. Well, if you leave, they're going to be in total darkness.
1: Who's- Plus, maybe God put you there because right. you're the only Christian there. Right.
0: He wants your light to shine. Again, that's the, that's got to be the thinking. That's got to be the mindset. I'm light. Well, I'm soft. And,
1: and people will say at that point, well, they won't let me preach at where I work. They won't let me tell people. You know what? You don't have to preach to people. He said, let, let your light shine. Right. There you go. Maybe you're the only person there that's not complaining about the boss. Maybe you're the only person right, there that's not saying how much right. you hate the job. Maybe you're the only person there that's not saying negative things.
0: Right, right. And remember also, just after light, he talks about salt. He said, you're the salt of the earth. You know what? Salt's everywhere. It's in our foods, it's in plants, in animals. But you know what salt does? Salt gives flavor. Jesus said, "You're the salted earth. Salt gives flavor. Salt also preserves. Before refrigeration, we used salt. We salted up our meat to preserve. Salt's a preservative. You know what else salt does? Salt makes people thirsty, and and people ought to be thirsty for what we got. That's
1: why when you start eating chips, you got to find something it, to drink.
0: Right, right. It, it, it makes people thirsty. So people ought to be thirsty for the Father, thirsty for the kingdom that's inside of you. And again, that's the mindset, and that's what God wants." Scripture says you're the head and not the tail. So when you go in a place of employment, you got to remember who you are. You also got to remember you're an ambassador for Christ. He's your Lord and Savior, remember? So you're you're a representative. So you go there representing him. You don't go representing the kingdom of darkness. You don't go representing sad and and, and doubt and unbelief. You go in there, brighten up the place, season it, put some salt on it. And that's what, that's what we got from this day.
1: See, and we're, and we're to be like a shining star wherever we are. That's us. And we don't have to draw attention to ourselves. I guarantee you, if you're in a place and most of your coworkers are in a place where they don't see there's a lot of hope, they don't, they're worried, they're whatever, when you're not, you will shine. You will, you will be different. You will, when the boss wants everybody to do something that nobody wants to do and you don't complain like everybody else, they're going to take notice. You don't have to draw attention to yourself. They will begin you know, to take it. And going. I want
0: to say that, you know, in our congregation, because we, we teach the principles of faith and trusting and relying on God. And and I talk to members of the congregation about this very same thing. And you know what? The word is taking root in them. And they're going back to their jobs and letting their lights so shine. And people in their jobs are wanting to come to the church service.
1: And I, and yeah, why do you have?
0: Yeah, they're, they're, why are you they, different? They see something different in these pe- these individuals, and they're they're coming to service. Well, that's another way of them going and making disciples. They're not going in there preaching all day because you know you can't go constantly just preaching the gospel. But you can let your light shine, and you can speak in line with the kingdom. That don't mean you're preaching. Well, it kind of does, because your conversation is different. You're not in there gossiping. You're not in the office mess. You're in there, like you just said, you're being told totally the opposite. And the scripture says we're peculiar people. We're holy. We're set aside. We're sanctified. So, again, once you know who you are in Christ, oh, you'll go out and rule and reign in life.
1: See, and this is why we have Christmas. Somebody asked me once, why, why do you think we have Christmas? It's because back in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sin, and a curse is brought on the world. And God at that point promises them a Messiah is going to come. Christmas is the fulfillment of that promise that this Messiah would come. We have a messiah. we have Christmas because of man's sin, and God said i 'm going to provide a savior i 'm going to provide a messiah, and he 's going to come he 's going to live as a man and that's Jesus is coming here to earth. This is, this is why we have Christmas is because God knew that we could not fill that void, and so he says i'm going to come myself and i 'm going to fill that void and Now you can be my child and we can have the right relationship once again that I had back with Adam back at the beginning.
0: And it says in John, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children
1: of God. That's a promise. See, people say that's not a promise. That's That's, the truth. That's a promise (laughs) to me, though. We're the children of God.
0: And guess what it says in Galatians 3.13? Christ has redeemed us from the curse having become a curse for us. For it's written, "Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. He was talking about being on the cross. And then verse 14 says, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon us. God wants us blessed. So Christ became for us a curse and that the blessing may come. So we're a blessed people. And you have to walk around knowing that you're blessed because the word of God said it.
1: Why so, is it that so many Christians have their head down? So many Christians are... No, my head is up and fretting, and and it's almost as if they're beaten down, and and I know Christians that almost live their life as if they're at the end of their rope and they've tied a knot in it. They're just hanging on. They're just man. Waiting well,
0: for Jesus. I know. Well, waiting for Jesus. Jesus came preaching the gospel. If they're waiting on Jesus, what, what's the gospel mean?
1: Good news. Well, they're waiting for him <laughs> to take them home. <laughs> no, though, no, so no, no, it'll no, all no, no, no.
0: He said, uh, uh-uh. uh. I say, I pray that the Father don't take you out of the world, but keep you in it. Because remember, you're salt and you're light.
1: Oh, I thought Christians had to be stoic uh-uh. and depressed. No, 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 no. He just I didn't think Christians want, could be happy. I he, didn't think Christians could be joyful. I thought they had to be depressed. He
0: wants you in the world, but not of the world. That's why he tells you, you to be transformed. Like
1: the world, right? Be, be transformed
0: go. by renewing your mind. He says, "Don't be conformed to the world, but right. but be in the world, but be light. Be who I said you are." And in it's the world. so
1: easy to be conformed to the world, though. It's so easy to think like the world does that well, what's important is. What's happening in Washington? What's important is what's happening in Sacramento. What's important is all these other things. And we've got to come back to the realization again that what's important is what God has to say, not what the world. We have got to change our mind. Once again, and we've talked on this broadcast before, when you talk about transforming, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that means your old mind was wrong. Mm -hmm. You need to have a new mind because your old mind was wrong. So your old mind tells you to worry. Your old mind tells you to fret. You need a new mind so you can put your faith in Christ. In
0: Jesus' name. So just remember that uh Jesus is the reason for the season and uh don't ever forget what he came to do. And we just want to remind you on this Christmas Day as you move forward into the new year, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, PO Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, PO Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.